In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, so last week we started, uh, or we talked about this topic, riches and, uh, right, uh, riches and righteousness, um, speaking about the, uh, the role of, of money in our lives and how um, it's easy for us to become attached to money um, and the difference between the earthly riches and the heavenly riches. And we spoke about how uh, a person, whenever they value something very highly, um, that thing they're going to sacrifice in order to attain it. Um, and we gave the example of, uh, for instance, when we are looking to build our career, our education, we spend years and years and years in school and, uh, and, and, and college and graduate school and postgraduate school and working long hours and um, having to tolerate a lot of different challenges uh, at work. Um, and we continue to do so because the work is important and we need the money to make a living for ourselves and we tolerate a lot in order to keep our jobs and so on um, compared to maybe some of the excuses that we make uh, whenever we you know we don't want to pray we don't want to uh, come to church because I'm offended by someone or um, prayer is hard um, and so on or fasting is hard and we don't do it um, so it's kind of like a reflection of ourselves um, to understand where our values lie because it's easy for us when asked the question directly to always give the right answer to always say, um, yes, God is the most important thing in my life. But if we really look at our lives and our decisions, the choices that we make, maybe we'll find um, that that's not really the case. Um, so we had started the second half of the topic, which was the signs of materialism, um, but we didn't get through it. So I'm going to kind of start over um, just for the sake of the people who are not here last time. Uh, and, and then continue for the rest of the points that we really didn't get a chance. So the, the idea is how do we, how do we know whether this is a problem for me or not. How do, how do we know if I am attached to wealth? Um, you know, um, I like the example of the rich young ruler um, because there would be really no way for him to, be, to know how much he was attached to wealth um, until he was asked to give it up. Uh, you know, he came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he asked him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord first answered and told him, you know, follow the commandments. And the man's answer was, yes, I've followed the commandments since my youth. I've always followed the commandments of God, right? So even we see in the way that he answered the question is he did not really understand himself, right? Like he didn't really know. You know, the first commandment is, you know, like worship the Lord your God and have no other gods before me, okay? Um, so he's saying I, worship, I, I, I follow the commandments, which means you follow the first commandment, which is you have no other God, right? Um, but when the Lord Christ then said, one thing you lack, go sell all that you have, come take up your cross and, and follow me. What he was saying is, he wasn't saying this as a new thing on top of the commandments. He was saying, no, actually, you don't really follow the commandments. You don't really understand yourself. You, you think you are following the commandments. But let me give you a deeper understanding of what the commandment means. right? Because if you are following the commandments, and if you have no other gods before me, and if I am the most important thing in your life, then you should be able to uh, give up all that you have and come and follow me and become my disciple. And only then did the man realize that he was not actually following the commandments. He, he realized that there was something lacking. And maybe this is a problem that sometimes we have, you know, sometimes people will come to confession and they won't. They'll say, I really don't have anything to confess. Or the confession will really be very short that's not really probing or really um, 
a result of like deep self-examination, uh, sometimes we focus on very external things, right? But sometimes the most potent and, 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 and uh, debilitating sins that we have are not the sins of the external, are not the external sins. Like, yeah, maybe we don't steal or cheat or lie or kill people or do those things. But the roots of those sins are present inside me and in my thoughts and my feelings and my attitudes toward people and toward myself and toward God. Um, and that kind of inner world is what brings about all kinds of things, okay? So when we are, you know, and, and I think it's very relevant to this topic because if, if, if someone were to, to ask us, just like, you know, the, the rich young ruler is going to Christ and he's asking, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? If, if someone were to come to us and be like, um, are you a materialistic person? Uh, maybe our answer immediately would be like, no, I'm, I'm not materialistic. I, I pay my tithe and I, I love God and I trust in the spiritual things and I, and I want to go to heaven and I don't just believe in the material world. I believe in a world beyond the material world, right? Those would be maybe our answers to that. Um, but the idea of looking for these signs of materialism is to see uh, when we examine ourselves, if we find them in ourselves, then maybe it's a reflection of that. You know, kind of like when someone goes to the doctor and if you want to find out if a person has a certain sickness, you don't ask the person, do you have a sickness? No, you do tests, right? And then when you do the test, you discover if the person has a sickness or not. The person doesn't know themselves well enough to know if they have a sickness, right? And that's ca the case with the physical sickness. It's also the case for the spiritual sickness, even more so with the spiritual sickness because there is no physical test that can be done to determine, right? And as we mentioned also, uh, I think we mentioned uh, Job, for instance. You know, how did how did we all discover who he was as a man of his nature and character? We discovered it because we saw how he responded when everything was taken away from him. That's how we saw. And who who could have you know who could have said that this rich man, this wealthy man, Job, was a man who was not materialistic, a man who was not attached to his wealth? We could only tell when all the wealth was taken, and then we see his reaction, his response. Okay. So we're, these are some of the signs, these eight signs. Um, again, we spoke about a few of them last time, but we'll go over them again, uh, of materialism that we can examine ourselves with and see, am I suffering from these or not? The first one is being blind to the needs of others, meaning I'm so focused on my own life, my own family, my own success, my own money, my own finances, my own career, um, that I don't see that there are other people who have not even a small fraction of what is it that I have. And um, we grumble a lot. We grumble because we, we don't realize how blessed that we are um, compared to other people. And you know maybe other people would be willing to, to take just a small, small part of what it is that we have and be joyful and happy with it. Um, whereas uh, uh, we are you know, completely blind. Um, my, my son, he recently came back from Egypt and, and he's told me that there was a service there, um, a part of like one of the services of uh, Father Dawood Lamai, who is a famous priest in Egypt who does a lot of different services. And one of the services that they do is they bring poor kids from Upper Egypt, they bring them to Cairo, and they have like a convention for them, like they do like a retreat for them. And these kids don't have anything, right? Like they don't have anything and they don't have phones they don't have like a lot of them don't have like good food to eat or clothing or you know 
And and one of the things he t- he told me that he, that really surprised him is how happy those kids were. Like he said, they were so happy, and he was like in awe of how happy they were. Even though from his perspective, when he looks at them, he says, "Why are you so happy? Like like you don't have anything, you know? Like we 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 derive so much of our happiness, or we we perceive that our happiness comes from the possessions that we have, and 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 when those possessions are taken away, we become sad." Right, because we're so attached to the things that we have, right? Um, whereas there are people who never had the things that we have, and yet are happy. And this is one of the problems, actually, with with possessing things, right? The moment that we possess something, we start to become attached to it, and this is very dangerous, and it's very subtle, and we don't even realize that it's happening. And the only way we realize that it's happening is how we respond when it's taken away. Right. That's that's when we realize we see like even though before we received it, we were very happy. You know, before we received it, we didn't feel like we were lacking anything. And then God granted it to us and then we had it for a time. But then God decided to take it again. He said, "Okay, you you enjoyed this thing for a time and now I'm going to take it again. Just like Job said, like the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's how Job took it. He, he, He received it in that way, like. God granted me these gifts and my family, my possessions, my all the th- the blessings that Job had. God granted it to me, and I and He accepted it as a gift from God. And He always felt it was a gift. He always felt that He didn't own it; it didn't belong to Him. He was a steward of it. God granted him a time of blessing where he enjoyed it, but then once it was taken, he didn't feel like he lost. He felt like God is still with me. God is the only thing that I'm attached to. So for us, whenever we receive something. We begin to take ownership of it to where we feel like it belongs to us. We don't see it as a blessing anymore. We see it as I'm entitled to it. And so the moment it is taken away, now I don't go back to the way I was before I received it. No, like maybe I was happy before I received it. I received it. I was like, this is great. Okay, but then when it's taken away, we don't go back to how we were before we received it. We're grumbling and we're complaining and we're upset because we became attached to the thing. In the parable of the wicked vine dressers, Right in this parable, um, that 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 Christ was was saying, saying there was this owner of a vineyard, and he set stewards to be in charge of the, his vineyard, when uh, and he went on a journey. Okay, so these vine dressers, during the time where they are there in the vineyard, they are enjoying the vineyard, and they begin to feel like this vineyard belongs to them, because no one else is there. They feel like the vineyard belongs to them. When it came time for the master of the vineyard to ask for the harvest from the vineyard, what is it that the, that the vine dressers did? They killed the messengers. They, they abused them, right? They said, no, we will kill his heir, and then the vineyard will become ours. Well, before you were given even access to the vineyard, you had nothing, right? And now God granted you access to the vineyard and made you stewards of the vineyard, Right, but you're not willing to give him of what is his, because you have you you have become so entitled to it that now you believe it belongs to you. So a big part of um, the materialism is the attachment and the feeling of attachment, and a big part of that is forgetting that there are others that have not been given what we have been given, and each person who receives from God their lot, receives from God what he chooses to give, and to be content with that okay and one way to help promote that in ourselves is to always pay attention 
to the people who, who lack, right? The people who are involved in service of the poor, um, it is easier for them to realize how much they have been given and to be thankful for what they have been given rather than to covet what belongs to someone else because they realize that there are others who have very little. So the first sign of materialism is I'm completely ignorant to the, the needs of other people, right? I don't realize at all that, that other people are in need and I take I make no effort, no steps to help them. I don't give anything of mine. I, I hold back kind of like, again, in the, in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man who saw this man Lazarus poor and begging, even though Lazarus was very wealthy, he gave him nothing. Right, he gave him nothing of what was his own, blinded completely to his needs, completely happy with his own situation, and not caring about anyone else. So this is the first sign of materialism, blind to the needs of others. The second is having an insatiable desire for more. And we mentioned this quote last time, John D. Rockefeller, he was, I believe, still, would be considered the wealthiest man who ever lived when you account for inflation. He said, how much is enough more than I presently have? And his desire was to always gain more, to always have more. Um, collecting possessions and money becomes a game. It's just about my, my my collecting. Just like anyone who collects something, they they take pleasure in the collection of that thing. You know, people collect different things. Um, some people, their goal is to collect money. Um, not because they need the money, not even because they spend the money, but just to have the money, just to say that I have it. Maybe it brings a sense of security or a sense of social status um, to show that I have more than other people. Always desiring to have more and more and more with no purpose, right? With no purpose. Instead of seeing that money is a gift that God gave us actually to spend. You know, I will say this. Sometimes we save money to an extreme um, because we place all of our security in that money, right? It's not to say, you know, there, there, it's like every, there's a balance to everything. Like you can, you can have one extreme, which is the prodigal son. Wasted everything spent everything, right? And that you have another extreme, which is a person that is so frugal, right, that even though they have the money to spend, they refuse to spend it, right? Where is the right balance in between? Again, I can't tell you that answer, right? Every situation is different. Every person is different. But there is such a thing as being too frugal. There is such a thing as being, I'm too obsessed with saving money, and I refuse to spend money. I refuse to, 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 to spend, right? Of course, there is such a thing as unwise spending, and there's a such a thing as too much spending and spending beyond my means, right? But there's also such a thing as saying, God has blessed me, but I refuse to use it at all, right? Maybe one of the, the, the reasons could be, um, you know, when someone is excessively frugal or cheap, as we like to say, is because they gain pleasure in simply accumulating, right? Simply accumulating. But... Uh, it's like a, a person who keeps collecting, 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 and then at some point when they die, you know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that God gives to the wicked the, the, the role of collecting and amassing things, money and working and all that, so that why? So that when they die, he can take that and give it to the poor and give it to the righteous people, right? Like, what was the benefit that he gained from, from working and, and, and slaving over all of this to just accumulate money that he doesn't need, that he's never going to benefit from, you know? He's never going to benefit from. Uh, and then, you know, God is going to eventually take that and distribute it to whoever he sees fit to receive. So, second sign of materialism is an insatiable desire for more. Um, all I care about is accumulating and amassing more wealth and more possessions. Number three, not being able to let go of wealth. 
as we said, the story of the rich young ruler, um, when Christ said to him, uh, you still lack one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was rich. Okay. Um, here when he says, distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So he's not telling him to give and receive nothing. He's not saying, give all that you have and you will receive nothing. No, actually he said, give all that you have and you will receive what is greater than what you give. As we mentioned last time, you know, uh, we how do we value things? Do I value things with the proper value or not? How do I value the eternal things versus the temporal things? Um, so this is what the Lord told him. He, he said, the, th the thing that you lack, you are attached to the money. And this commandment was specifically to him, right? Like Christ is not asking all of us to go and sell all that we have, right? He, g he gave us the command. What is the command for what is it that we should give? It's the command of tithing, right? He said 10%, okay? 10% is, is, is the minimum. 10% is what he said we must do, okay? It doesn't mean that's the only thing we can do. Some people like to tithe more than that. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like when, when you are required to do something and you do it, it is fulfilling your duty, right? It is following the commandment. It is, th it is the right thing to be done. But when you give beyond what you are required to do, that extra amount is actually given out of love, right? Not out of duty, not out of responsibility, not out of requirement, not because if I don't do it, what will happen? No, it is, it is actually to be given out of love. So if, if, if and, and I'm not telling anyone that you have to give more than that. I'm just saying, what is the principle? If somebody says, um, well, okay, God is requiring me to give 10% and I give 10%. It's like, okay. Well, if God had required 5%, 2%, whatever percent, and I gave that percent, it's like, okay, I'm following the command. I, there's no, like, I, I will not be judged because I did not give more, okay? But if he tells me to give 10% and I give 12%, okay, what does that extra 2% represent? That extra 2% represents that I'm giving the whole amount willingly, freely, from my heart out of love with a desire to give right whereas if someone is asked to give 10 percent and they give 10 percent yes maybe it's also out of love and freely and out of a desire to give but maybe it's also could be because i'm forced to do it and i feel like i have no choice to do it but to do it right so one of the things with tithing is to teach us that a hundred percent of what we have we have received a hundred percent god is not asking us to give a hundred percent but the 10% that we give is a reminder to us that the 100% that, that we have, that we have obtained, has been given to us by God, and it is a blessing and a gift from God to us, right? And so if we believe that this is truly a blessing from God, then I can give back a little bit, right? I can give back a little bit of it. So a sign of materialism is someone who's unable to give. You know, they, they, they look at their situation, and you know, some people will say, um, I don't have enough income to pay my tithe. Well, maybe if you paid your tithe, your income would increase. You know, and, and the, only, the only commandment that God gave, and he said, try me, is this. You know, he said, try me, test me. You know, and he said, if you, if you, if you give, that I will open the storehouses of heaven and blessings will fall on you. This is what he said. At no other time in the scripture did God ever say, T test me. Actually, he said, do not try the Lord your God. This, he, he said, do not try. You know, we're not going to go stand in the middle of the street and say, I believe that God is going to uh, save me from, 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 from getting hit by a car. We don't do foolish things and then say, well, if God is there, you know, like some people who are like, 
play with poisonous snakes and they say, well, God is going to protect us from being uh, bitten by poisonous snakes and this is a sign of faith. No, that's foolish. But when it comes to tithing, God says, try me. He said, give and you will see how I will respond to you. You will see what I will give you. So if I'm able to give or if I'm not, if I'm not able to give, then maybe this is a sign that I'm so attached to this. And the idea of feeling like I don't have enough money to give, actually, God gave us all of what we have received right and 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 again maybe if i give up my situation might change another sign of materialism is that i'm constantly comparing myself with others uh, the 10th commandment says you shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not covet your neighbor's wife nor his male servant nor his female servant nor his ox nor his donkey nor anything that is your neighbor's um if 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 we are constantly comparing ourselves with others coveting jealous envious because we always see what other people have and we say I wish I had that thing and becoming upset and feeling li like no contentment over the things that I have received always wanting something more the thing with this the lack of contentment is nothing will satisfy our discontent you know if we struggle with discontent nothing will satisfy our discontent the more we receive the more discontented we will be there's always something that we will not have there's always something that someone else has that we like and we wish that we had and that we don't have. And so we will find ourselves living constantly in discontent all the time. We will always be discontent. Um, and and it's again, it's a sign that I am so attached to the material things that God has chosen not to give me for whatever reason. Um, I am unable to see the good things he has given me. And if I were to receive it, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, something that we have prayed for for a long time, hoped for for a long time, desired for a long time, and then by the grace of God, we get it. And then only in a short amount of time, we begin to take it for granted. It's not really as great as we thought it was at the beginning. Um, we are not as enamored with it as we were at the beginning, and it just becomes a routine. You know, sometimes people look forward to a specific job, for instance, a career, and God gra grants it to them. And maybe they're enthusiastic about it for a time. And then later they start grumbling about it. Or a spouse that the person wanted to marry. And at the beginning it's great. But then after a while, they become discontent. It's lost its flavor. Doesn't, it just doesn't, doesn't taste like it did before. It's not as exciting as it was before. And we're, now we're, you know, I'm arguing about it. I'm complaining about it. It doesn't seem good anymore. Right? And that's just our nature as human beings. Our nature is to lose interest in things quickly right so if we believe that gaining something else something new is going to satisfy ourselves then we're fooling ourselves because in a short amount of time we'll find that even that thing um, that we've obtained is no longer as interesting as it was at the beginning so if we're always comparing ourselves with other people we will find that we will never be happy right and this is again a sign of materialism and wanting to obtain things simply to be like other people you know again i want to reach a certain social status a social level and that is what i feel is going to make me happy i see somebody down the road has this i want this my friends have this i want this right sign of materialism also showing off okay in jeremiah 9:23, it says thus says the lord let not the wise man glory in his wisdom let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches Right, the person who is materialistic places such high value on materialism that they define themselves according to what they own. Right, they define themselves according to what they own. 
because I place such high value on materialism, on material things, right? So if I define myself according to what I own, then of course, in order to present myself as a respectable person in front of the world, then I have to show off everything that I own because that's who I am. That's how I define who I am. The size of my house, the, 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 the number of cars, the, the, the price of my cars, the uh, fancy things I own, the clothes, the, 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 you know, all, everything, whatever it is, right, that we put on and decorate um, ourselves with um, in order to go out into the world and be seen as uh, a respectful person, a, a good person because I identify myself according to these things. So a person who desires to show off, it's a sign of materialism. Um, because they want everyone to see what I have. Contrary to that, a person who can be very wealthy and doesn't show off is a person who is maybe thankful for what they have, but they feel no desire to show it off. They're just content with it. You know, I, I was reading uh, this article about how do you tell, like, the difference between a person who just became rich recently versus a person who has been wealthy for a very long time. Um, the people who have, like, generational wealth, the people who have been wealthy for a long time, like, says about them they'll, they'll go and just wear regular clothes like jeans and a t-shirt whereas the people who have just become wealthy recently they wear the fanciest clothes and want to be seen as wearing like designer everything right because they're so proud of what they've attained right they're so proud of of, of the fact that they are, are wealthy and consider themselves to be in a certain class because this is what's on their mind whereas a person who has taken for granted the wealth that they have they're normal people like to them maybe it doesn't matter so much right so Showing off is definitely a sign of materialism. How we treat the poor. St. James spoke about this actually as it applies to the church and how we treat people who enter the church. Um, so he said, For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit here at my footstool? Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So a sign of materialism is how we treat those people that have less than us, right? Um, how, how do we treat those people who have less than us? How do we treat people who um, are not dressed in a, as, as, as fancy as we believe they should be dressed, um, especially in the church, right? Do we treat those people who are poor as though they are inhuman? or as though they are uh, uh, have less like or deserve less respect than those people who are wealthy right it's very easy for us as human beings to judge things by the externalities when you see someone who is well dressed driving a nice car maybe a famous person right people will flock to them people will treat them a certain way people will like bend over backwards in order to do whatever it is that they want right but you see a poor person nobody wants to even pay attention to that person that person is seen maybe as a burden not really as, as someone who has value, right, but as a burden. And this is another sign of materialism because what it shows is, is how much we care about the material things. We place so much value in the material things that those people with more material things, we treat them like celebrities, right? They are the most important people. We go to them for advice and guidance and people will follow their social media accounts wanting everything that this person happens to say. Why? Just because they're successful, right? Because they have a lot of money, right? Whereas a person who is a nobody, doesn't have those kinds of things, maybe we see them as being less, less than others. Exploiting others to maintain our wealth. St. James also spoke about this. He said, come now, you rich, 
Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You know, it's amazing that those people who are the most wealthy, maybe sometimes are unwilling to even pay a fair wage to those who are poor, right? Like, and, and, and maybe that's how they have become wealthy, right? Is because they are, they are treating others in an unfair way exploiting others because if i feel like i am better than others then i will use others in order to attain what i want right um i will i will mistreat others i will exploit others in order to get what i want so another sign of materialism is exploitation the last one is willingness to disobey god to obtain more okay in proverbs 28 6 it says better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich, right? What am I willing to do in order to maintain my wealth? How, how much am I willing to cheat on my taxes? Uh, how much am I willing to take what is not mine, right? And we find creative excuses to use to make us feel good about our decisions and what we've done and what we are doing. But what we're really doing is disobeying God because we want more money. Right, because we want more money. That's how much money is valuable to us. You know, I remember a long time ago, like as a youth, like I was with a group of friends, and um, we had uh, we were going to go to see a movie, and um, you know, at the time, I'm not even sure if this still exists, but at the time, if you showed that you had a student ID, uh, they would give you a discount on the movie, and it was like one dollar discount or something. It's not like a huge amount. Um, and so there would be people who would, even though they had graduated from college, they still had their college IDs, and they would show the college IDs. And of course, the people at the movie theater don't care. They're just going to see someone with a college ID. They're going to give them the discount, and that's it. And someone might say, like, this is very innocent. Like, what, wh who's being harmed here, right? The movie theater, they have millions of dollars, you know? But, what, but God sees, you know, like, God is saying, okay, you're disobeying me for what? To save $1. Like, you care more about the $1 than you do about following my commandments. So again, it says something about how we value money. Even the smallest amount of money, even an insignificant amount of money that won't buy you anything, we want to save it. We want to keep it for ourselves, right? At, 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 and, and what do we trade for it? We trade for it our, our integrity. We say, no, I don't want to be, I, I don't care about my integrity. I care more about $1, right? I'm not trying to judge anyone. And I myself am guilty of this. But what I'm saying is all of us if we're really honest with ourselves, we will find that we judge things backwards. We judge things in a, in a backwards way, which really shows how much we care um, about money. The last thing I want to say is this. Um, imagine someone were to offer you such a place, such a mansion like this, right? And they said, you know, you, you can keep it for, you can buy it for $100, you know? And, and I think most of us would say, yeah, like, it's $100, and you get all of that, it's probably worth it to pay $100. How much would I be? I'd pay $1,000 for it, you know? Because, look, it's a, it's a steal. You get this for $1,000. But what if someone told you that tomorrow it was going to be destroyed? So you get to keep it only for one day. You know, would this be worth $1,000 for one day to have this? Well, it changes its value. Right? Like when you first look at it, the reason you think 
that it's valuable is because you believe that I will get to keep it forever, right? I'm going to pay $1,000 and I get to keep this thing forever. And so forever, that's a good deal. But one day, that's not a good deal. Save, save your $1,000 and use it on something else. And that's the whole idea with materialism. We, we are deceived because we believe that whatever we own, we will keep it forever, right? So we're willing to give up so much in order to obtain and to keep for ourselves. But God is saying, you do not know the day or the hour, you know? And all of us, all of us without exception, when we leave here, we will not take it. We will not have it. We will not own it. We will own nothing, right? We will enter into the kingdom of heaven owning nothing. And what good was all of the things that we have amassed for ourselves? In James 1 verse 11, it says, For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, it fl its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Because whatever it is you have obtained, it's like a flower. You know, you, you get a flower, it looks very beautiful, and within a couple days, it's dead. You know, that's like materialism. Right? That's the material world. Everything that looks very attractive to us and to our eyes uh, but very quickly it's dead and it has no value whatsoever. So um, this is an important lesson for all of us, especially us living in a very wealthy country um, where obtaining wealth and obtaining possessions has become a goal and a target. And, and for many people, it's the whole purpose of life. And so it's very important for us to meditate on these things and ask ourselves, like, um, do, do these signs appear in my life? Like, if I reflect on myself, do I see these things in me? Uh, or not. Uh, any final questions before we conclude? Okay, we can pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We ask, O oh God, that you guard us and protect us from every sin and every evil and every wickedness. And you grant us, O oh Lord, to be protected from the evils of materialism and being attached to the world and anything, O oh God, that leads us away from you and your kingdom. We ask, O oh Lord, that you strengthen us and that you fill us with yourself and give us strength in order to live our lives in the right way according to your will. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion, the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.